one of the things that I'm noticing, I got 10 meetings and some of them I have nothing to say. I'm like, if you have zero to say in a meeting, the reason you're in that meeting is to be informed, then that meeting could be an email, at least for you. And so to think about any meeting and saying, do I really think that this is the most important thing they could be doing with that hour? And if not, then do, is there another way to get them in the information? Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Today on Status Go, we are going to talk about something we have not covered in the past 200 plus episodes. RIFs, reduction in force, layoffs, right sizing. We call it many things. No matter what we call it, it doesn't change the fact that people are losing their jobs. It seems like every day there is news of another layoff in the tech sector. While tech jobs in tech-enabled companies have been spared for the most part, there have been layoffs there too. Our focus in this episode is on those of you who have survived the layoff and are now being asked to carry the load. However, if you've been impacted and lost your job, our guest today shares some insights for you as well. We here at Status Go will take it a step further and say if you have been impacted by the layoffs in the tech industry, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know. I'm easy to find. I'm Jayton Indy, J-T-O-N-I-N-D-Y, Jeffrey S. Tun. You can find me on LinkedIn. If you are among the first dozen to reach out, I will send you a copy of my book, Amplify Your Job Search, free of charge. In this episode, you will hear me talk about a friend of mine who is one of the survivors of a layoff. They are leaders of a team that is being called upon to do more with less. I went in search of some advice. I found today's guest, Karen Hurt. Karen is the CEO of Let's Grow Leaders, a leadership development company focused on human-centric leadership. She is also a best-selling author and an acclaimed speaker and has been named to the Women to Watch and Innovation list. Well, Karen, I would love to welcome you to Status Go. I'm excited about our conversation today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Karen, as you and I were talking, I, I found you on the internet um, and uh, I loved the story that is on your website. So I want to dig into that. But before that, I would love to understand a little bit about your background and what your journey? What inspired you to be doing the work that you're doing today? So uh, I have, I run a company with my husband called Let's Grow Leaders. And uh, we've been doing this for about a decade now. Now this is going to sound very, make me sound very old once I say, and then prior to that, I spent two decades at Verizon. So now that adds to 30 and that wasn't even my first job. So yeah, but uh what got me so inspired? The, you know, as I was at Verizon, the, the first decade was human resources, leadership development, organizational development. I know we're going to talk about uh, leading through a layoff uh, later in this uh, podcast. Uh, sadly, I am an expert in doing that, uh, through so, leading through so many downsizings uh, during my time at Verizon. And then after 
a decade in HR, I spent a time leading large operations teams. So I led a 2,200 person sales team, a 10,000 person customer service organization. And in my final role there, I was in charge of what we call our strategic partnership channel, which is all the outsourced call centers that take Verizon's calls. And I was finding that as I was going in and out of these uh, contact centers who are trying to operate with very low margins uh, and not being able to take people off the phones to do coaching like they like you would normally be able to do, I was finding that I needed to really simplify frontline leadership. Like, how do you get really practical? How do you build trust and connection when you have very limited time? How do you have a coaching conversation? What do you do to make your meetings effective when you can't waste any time? And as I was doing that, and how do you do that in a human-centered way, right? Yeah. And so as I was doing that, I started writing this blog just really for the leaders of these contact centers because due to co-employment issues and things like that, I couldn't actually go in and train their frontline leaders but they could read an external blog. Yeah. And so that was really the intent. Well, what I did not expect was that what there are a lot of people in the world who really want practical tools and techniques for human-centered leaders. And mm-hmm. so the blog really took off. I started getting this international following and I was getting phone calls. Can you be our keynote speaker? When are you writing your book? Can you come teach my organizations to do this? So no, no, no. I have like this executive job that I'm trying to do. I can't I'm do that. Busy. <laughs> but, you know, then I, one of the, one of these uh, contact center VPs who I was working with said, look, I'm the member of, uh, I'm on the board of the International uh, Customer Service Association. Look, we need a keynote speaker. Just come and be our keynote speaker. I'm like, well, that'll be, that could be fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm like, but I have to go on first, which I had no idea what that meant. I was really asking to be the the best keynote speaker at their conference but because I'm busy the rest of the day. So I got to get in and out. So I go in, I have this speech. And then as I'm exiting the stage, the guy who's going to speak next to me uh, says, hey, when are you leaving Verizon? I said, oh my gosh, did I say that from the stage? Because I was super nervous. Yeah. yeah. And, and, And he says, no, but you are clearly meant to do this. And then he handed me his card and he said, I'm the president of the National Speakers Association. If you want help, call me. And so then I went home and I thought, all right, the universe is trying to tell me something, right? Yeah. yeah. And I thought about it and I gave Verizon four months notice and uh, left and started Let's Go Leaders. I want to dig into our our topic for for the day. And it's a topic that, that can be pretty sensitive. You mentioned it. Uh, as you were talking about your time at Verizon, um, I spent a lot of time at a global technology company uh, that was best known for the RCA brand. And same kind of thing that you talk about on your website is it almost seemed like you were doing monthly or at least quarterly layoffs uh, and um, trying to deal with that. So with what's going on in, especially in the technology space, which is where I spend a lot of my time, there's been a lot of high profile layoffs, tens of thousands uh, from across the country. And uh, before we get into the, how do you manage what's left, uh, the people that are left, when, when you think about your work and the people that you interact with, what message do you have for those who just got laid off? Yeah. The main message I will have is 
own your strengths because this is what is happening in the tech industry is not about is likely not about you right this yeah, when you're yeah. talking about layoffs across an entire industry and across in 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 and in, in the, that level of depth in your company it's easy to say well why did they select me and you know why am i the one that is going and I, you know if you have had a long track record of success don't let it shake your confidence I mean, that, that is the first thing because a lot of times these things happen fast and having been on the backside of these, you know, there's a lot of reasons that different things happen in different ways. And I wouldn't overanalyze the why me factor. Like if there's something to learn to say, hey, next time I would do something different, 100% do that. But, but own your strengths, know what you're good at because if you go out to look for another job and your confidence is shaken, that that is going to hurt your ability to, to get a new role. So uh, the other thing is that there, so many people tell me their stories of, in hindsight, that layoff was the very best thing that could ever happen to me. I can't tell you how many times. I could write a whole book just of people's stories about yeah. this felt like a tragedy at the time. And as it turned out, there's some... So using this time to say what do I really want? And taking a moment and getting, thinking about that and getting that well, because your skill sets are very likely highly transferable. And what feels like the obvious next step may not be the thing that brings you the most joy or satisfaction. Right. Yeah. And so part of why this could be a blessing is that you look and say, what is I really want right now? And then, you know, the other is not being afraid to use your, use your network, you know, and get really personal about that. Um, not, you're not hiding behind, you know, job boards, like yeah. build connections, message people on LinkedIn, talk to them, invite a phone conversation. And the other thing I will su suggest, which I know works because I just did this with a guy. So he was, he was old, older. I mean, he was in early 60s. And I had worked with him, you know, back in my Verizon days, but he wasn't at Verizon. He was at one of these call centers. And he calls me because my phone number is on the website, right? Uh -huh. And he's yeah. like, Karen, oh my gosh, I got laid off. And I'm 60 years old. Like, am mm -hmm. I screwed, right? Uh, you know, who's going to hire me? And I said, well, you, what is your, you know, let's talk about, it. and we got through like, what is his real strengths? What is his expertise that no 27 year old person is going to have? Exactly. Like what really, like what has all of those years taught him? And then I said, okay, go write three articles on LinkedIn because you don't have to start a blog and build a whole website. Go write three articles that really nail your expertise. And then as you're applying for jobs, send the link to the article. Yeah. Yeah. Three months later, he's like, I got a job. It's my dream job. Yeah. And he's like, that great. worked. But he needed a way to articulate. And you're never going to be able to do that just on a on your resume. Right, right. You can't tell the story. Yeah. 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 I, I love that ad, advi that advice. Um, uh, and so many people today that are going through that, I, I think they can use the power of their network. I love the idea about Think about what your strengths are. Think about what your expertise is in and, and write that down. Put yeah. that out there for people to see. What I really want to talk about today is kind of that other side, right? The yeah. other side of the coin. Um, and so uh, with all these layoffs in tech, uh, a, a company that, that I know did a, a bunch of layoffs, 
Uh, and the, a friend of mine is a leader in that company. And I started hearing them say things like, we need to do more with less. We need to, we need to, we're going to be a smaller team, a smaller division. We need to figure out how to get it all done. And so I started, it just didn't sit right with me, right? right? Because I've been in that position as well. And I've been guilty of saying the same damn thing, right? That, that, oh, we got to do more with less because we, you got to perform and, and you start getting nervous that, Hey, if you're not performing, you might be next on the list and all those different kinds of things. Right. So I started my search and was, uh, uh, this is before chat GPT came out. And so I was Googling a lot of things and I came across a blog post that you wrote, uh, Karen, uh, and it, it's titled, uh, After the Layoff, How to Support Your Team When It Just Got Smaller. And I thought that was such a great post. That's why I reached out to you to, to, to be on the, on the program today. So when, when you think about uh, someone in a leadership role, might be a small team, might be a large team, but they've had to go through the painful process of laying off part of their team. What's your overall message to them? How do, how do you get them to say, gosh, where do we go from here? How do, how do, we, how do we move forward? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is get real with your own emotions and do get whatever support network you need that is not your team to help you. You know, if you, you know, because there was this big thing on LinkedIn and it was ridiculous where there was this guy, he was like a CEO and he had little tears on yes, his little yes, face. Yes, yes. He's like, oh, poor me. This is so hard on me. No, like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, of course. And, and I'm not saying don't show up human and you can say this is hard, but if you make it about you, then you are, uh, it's not about you, right? It's about, it's about helping your team get through it. And I'm not saying you don't need help. Get a therapist, talk yeah. to your spouse, do whatever, talk to your best friend, do whatever you need to process your feelings, but process them. Because if you are just coming in with all this stress and it is bleeding onto your team, they're going to be, mm-hmm. so that's the first place that I would start. And then I would say, do whatever you can to help the people that are laid off in their job search, you know, and I found that for me, that was a very, uh, so at, the reason I went through so many layoffs at Verizon is because for, for many years I was on the landline side of the business. So people were disconnecting their home phones. I don't have a home phone anymore. Right. Right, And so you can imagine at the peak of while everybody is transitioning over to the wireless side, how many layoffs they were doing. So I would say, you know, that's uh, another piece of it, but, um, so I found that I found real peace by helping people and I, you know, using my network, this person is really good. This layoff had nothing to do with them. And I really did help them land in many circumstances. I'm sure I didn't get them all, but I did help as many people as possible. And then I felt like I was doing the right thing as a human centered leader from there. It, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, human centered leader. And and I know you and, uh, and David focus on this in your, in your work. And I, I think that's a, that's an important point, especially when you're talking about getting in touch with your own emotions and processing your own emotions as you're going, as you're going through a layoff. Um, it's, um, 
you, you can't walk into some of these conversations and be raw. Right. right. So you, you do have to do that. But how do you how do you coach a leader who may not be in touch with their emotions at that level? How do you coach them? How do you help them understand how to do that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, one of the things I always talk about is in any communication, what is it you want the person to think, feel or do as a result of your message? And, you know, so that prevents you from saying things like, oh, this is stressing me out, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right? Or I have no idea yeah. how we're going to get all this work done. Right? I think it, it, it you because know, all right, what do I, I want my team to feel confident in the future, that there's hope for the future, right? I want to, I want them to feel supported and I want them to do, I want them to focus on these priorities. So, you know, like, I think if you can grasp that in your communication and before you, before you send an email, before you launch a meeting, you stop and you ask yourself those questions. I think that's the shortcut to doing that well. The other thing is, you know, you, you're going to have to do mass communications depending on the level of your role, but most of the work, the most important work you're doing is one person, one human being at a time time. and, and being sensitive to what each person needs on the team. Karen, we're going to pause right there for a moment and listen to a message from InterVision Systems, the publisher of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. If you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com. Now, Karen, I want to get back to our conversation. And one of the one of the reasons that I reached out to you originally was to hear your thoughts on this concept of doing more with less. So can can you help us understand how you guide people through that question? One of our clients just went through a major layoff and we're doing like a long-term leadership development live online program with him. And he calls, he's like, so we have this layoff and we're being asked to do more with less and that doesn't sit right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And he's like, so what should we do? And I said, well, what we should do is not do what we have planned for our next session. And instead we're going to do, and I mentioned this in the article, the, this own the ugly process. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, okay. I said, what is, what are some things that he's like, well, we still have these programs. So we're not doing more, and we, but we do have less and, but we, but we've got to be more efficient at the way we're doing this. And so I said, okay, so with regard to this thing that is, I'm I'm trying not to say what company it is, but with regard to this important strategic priority that still has to get done with less people, what are we underestimating? And, you know, and so it's ugly underestimating G what's got to go L where are we losing? Why, where are we missing the yes? So what are we underestimating about this? Well, maybe we're underestimating um, other resources that we could pull into Maybe we're under, you know, so you can underestimate good things or you can underestimate bad things. You could also right. underestimate the competition that's just about to swoop in. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the most important one of that is the G what's got to go in this context. 
what do we need to stop doing? Right. Yeah. And, you know, because if you have down, if you've gone from a team of 30 people to 15 people, you can't possibly do all the things that you were going to do. Right. So right. what are the most, we call them MITs, what are the most important strategic priorities that you've got to nail? And what are the things that can, can go off? Um, and the, I learned that concept of the MIT from a boss that I had once called Maureen. Her name was Maureen. She said, she came to me when I first joined the position, she handed me a scorecard of 27 things. And she said, okay, Karen, here's your scorecard. There are 27 items on them. What are you going to fail at? And I said, I'm not going to fail at anything, Maureen. <laughs> but she's like- To our listeners, Karen just crossed her arm. So <laughs> but she said, so she said, let's be real. You can't possibly accomplish all 27 of these things in the same way. So yeah. I want you and I to be perfectly aligned, which if you're going to drop a ball, which is the ball that's okay to drop and which are yeah. the things yeah. that matter so much that are our strategic priorities that you've got to win. And I have thought, I was pretty young when I heard that. And it really, it's the same thing during a layoff. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Oh, sure. We, yeah. Our boss is still saying we need to do all these things. But what, when I look back at the, you know, a year from now and say, what did we accomplish? Which are the ones that are really going to matter? Yeah. And then we, we talk about these most important things at four levels. What is most important strategically? What's important from an initiative? What are the initiatives? Maybe you've got four initiatives that are going to get you to that most important thing, but maybe only two really matter. Then right. what are the activities? Okay. What are the activities that could go? And then what are the daily behaviors that you're sure will consistently do that? And, you know, one of the things that usually can go is the number of meetings that you're having. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I have another CEO that I'm working with and he said, what is going on? And I said, well, one of the things that I'm noticing is that I'm talking to some of your people and they said, you know, I got 10 meetings and some of them I have nothing to say. I'm like, if you have zero to say in a meeting, the reason you're in that meeting is to take notes or to hear about something else to be informed, then that meeting could be an email, at least for you, yes. Yes. you know? And so to think about any meeting and saying, is this the very best use of that person's time? Now, and sometimes the very best use of that person's time is they need to be trained in something or it's important for right. them to be right. in this meeting. But do I really think that this is the most important thing they could be doing with that hour? And if not, then do, is there another way to get them the information? So, I mean, I think that's really it. Yeah. And, and the main, the biggest mistake I, I think, I mean, when you say we got to do more with less, you immediately put every, tick everybody off and put them on the defensive. Right, 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 yeah. right. I, I love that the, the, the ugly moniker or, or, uh, uh, acronym, because it, especially, uh, technology folks. We love, we love a great acronym, right? Uh, we talk in acronyms all the time. So you, what are we underestimating? G, what's got to go? L, where are we losing? Can, can you explain where are we losing? Yeah. So I use the, where are we losing in a variety of ways? One is where are we, it could be, where are we losing to the competition? Could okay. be, where are we losing talent? 
It could be, where are we? Uh, like, if you look at your performance, a lot of times, you know, people don't break down their performance well enough to know where they're really losing. So maybe our, our aggregate performance looks fantastic, but we don't sell anything. Maybe if you're in sales in the month of August or December, well, you're losing yeah. in August and December, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or, you know, so it's really breaking it down and saying, or where do, is our performance not where it used to be? And is, has something shifted in you know, the industry that you're, you were winning, but now you're losing. And so that's, that's uh, one way to think about that. Okay. And then my favorite is where are we missing the yes? Yeah. I was going to ask about the why, where, where are we missing the yes? So that is, where is there a completely different way to do something that uh -huh. you haven't thought of? So in chapter six of our book, Courageous Cultures, I tell a story, uh, a, a massive turnaround from our Verizon, from my Verizon days, where at that point in time, uh, Verizon was not allowed to sell the iPhone. And I was leading a large retail sales team in the Verizon wireless stores. <laughs> and so these, you know, these salespeople were completely demoralized. And, you know, if salespeople think they can't sell, they can't sell. You've got a, a massive problem. Mm -hmm. And so where we were missing the yes, as it turned out, was to not try to sell the um, the flip phones that we had, but instead to to retail customers, but to sell to small business customers. And we did have the BlackBerry. And back then, yeah. um, small businesses were terrified of the iPhone because of security reasons. They didn't they didn't trust it yet. So they right. really were buying the BlackBerry. They just weren't buying it from us. They were buying it from Sprint because Sprint had better small business plans. So I got my entire sales team focused on, forget about your retail customers. I mean, if they come in, sell them a phone, but instead let's go look for small business customers and let's bring people over from Sprint. And we had yeah. built a whole strategy around that. Well, we became, we won the president's award for customer growth that year. Uh, and it was because we got so good at, we had missed, everybody else was missing the yes of this small business sale. So it's those kinds of opportunities. You know, I was talking to a friend last night and she's, uh, she's doing a lot of blogging and she doesn't do the kind of blogging that I do. She's doing it for like businesses that um, just have very basic information, like right for mm -hmm. a bank or, and I said, well, are you using uh, chat GPT? <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Because that could save you a heck of a lot of time. I'm saying, don't just take it for, but uh, you know, I can't write my blog using that because it's very personal with stories and those kinds of things. Right, but right. for five ways to get a, ask for a better interest rate on your loan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and she's like, so that's a, where are we missing the yes? Cause she can probably save a lot of time just using that. Yep. Yeah, we had, we had uh, somebody on the podcast that called a view from the other side of the desk. It was a it's a sales professional, um, and in the course of the, the the conversation, he mentioned he uses Chat GPT to find out what questions he should be asking when he walks in to a client's office. What are some of the key questions I should be asking about this industry or or this particular problem? Uh, and he, he kind of also flipped it on its head a little bit and said, I would love for my clients and prospects to use chat BT to find out what questions they should be asking me. I love it. Um, right. Because so many times I don't get asked this question or that question. Uh, and, it, and so, yeah, I think there's lots of ways we can, we can use that technology and still be 
human centric leaders yes. uh, because of it, which I, I know is, is, is your very focus of what you all are, are, are doing there at your organization. So as you, as you think about um, the leader of this team that just as for probably no, no fault of their own, so to speak, has had to do a layoff. Yeah. Um, and um, they, they are looking at your process uh, of uh, ugly. Uh, I will always remember that. <laughs> you know, um, fail strategically. And that goes back to your, what, what are the 27 things you, yep. you, you can't do? Uh, and look for help outside your team. What things can that leader also be showing, telling, coaching their team that's feeling this pressure on, on how they should behave, how they should uh, react to this yeah, situation? So the one thing I would add there is um, re-recruit your A players because your really high-performing players, A, are going to be the most valuable to your competition too. And yeah. let them know how valued they are. You know, yeah. I know this is not an easy time. I really appreciate this, uh, this effort that you're putting in. You are such an important part of our, our group. All, and, and if there's, if you see runway, like, and I see additional, I know we're downsizing, but this is not forever. And here's where I could see you going in the organization. Here's the opportunities and making somebody feel as valued as you actually believe that they are. And because yeah. a lot of times when we're stressed, we forget that part. And the, usually your really high performers are not visibly needy. And so we are, we turn all of our attention to the visibly needy ones that are complaining about how much work they have. And meanwhile, we got this workhorse who's just doing it and getting it done. And also going out on LinkedIn looking for a job. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so I think that's, that's one thing. And then I would say the other is helping every single person prioritize their prioritize their work and really yeah. knowing like where is the gauge of how much they've got going on and letting yeah. them helping them let some things go. Um, I was uh, talking to uh, it was an interesting conversation where I was talking to a woman and she's like I'm working 80 hours a week. Now I happen to also I work deeply in that organization. I know her boss. And I said, so how many hours do you think is reasonable for somebody on your team to work? So without having disclosed, you know, like disclosing the conversation mm -hmm. I had, and he's like, well, I mean, in, in this period of really, really crazy, turbulent time, I mean, maybe 60 every now and then. And yeah. I said, and, and so there is a missed expectation, right? And, yeah, and, you yeah. know, and I said, well, what if somebody on your team was working 80? He's like, that's completely unsustainable. No way we shouldn't do that. So to really check in and say, do you really know what your people are doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then the other thing I would say is do everything you can to prevent false urgency. So during times of uncertainty and change, you know, there's a lot of things like this, you're doing this and now it's this, and I need this right away. Not everything is urgent. And the more you can really make a plan and say, this is the plan and stay as much as to the plan. And if you have to shift courses, be very transparent about that. I know I said this was the most important thing and this just happened. <laughs> So I'm going to ask yeah. you to back off on this. Your work is not wasted. We're coming back to it, if that's true. Yeah. Or if the work is wasted, 
Thank you so much for your effort. We learned a lot. We're going to not do this right now. Yep. But be transparent. And then so that people feel that they are being um, scaffolded and guided and aren't um, like in a, you know, that like they're not like on a uh, raft going down rapids and yes. you don't know what you're doing and you got no paddle either. Right. 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 So I right. Think that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah. There's a famous na- name for that Creek and we won't, we won't use it. on the, on <laughs> Right. <the show. laughs> right. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, so are, are there things that are, our leaders out there should be doing today, even if, even if they're not faced with a layoff today, are there things that they should be putting in place either in their own leadership style, their own, their own, their own selves um, or their teams that would not make it easier when it happens, but set them up for success when it happens? Well, you know, I think one of the things, and I think about this on our team all the time, uh, is do you have good processes that other, do you have other people, like, do you have people who, if they walked out the door for any reason, um, Mm -hmm. they're the only ones that can do the things that they can do, you know? And so I think that's part of it. Have you cross-trained people? Are people, uh, you know, do, are there systems and ways you do things? Um, or are you really reliant on any single individual? Um, and that's for any reason, it's not just a layoff, but if they were to get sick or if they were to choose to get to another job and I, I find I, we're not 100% there yet. I have, we've got critical people on our team that are critical people on our team. Right. So I I'm saying that is wise. And sometimes I recognize that's not always as easy as it sounds, but I would say that's the first part. And then I would say also building that trust and connection and not having all communication flow through you. One of the things that happens in a, I'm seeing happening more and more in a remote environment is that the leader becomes, um, so central to all the communication and it's, you know, people wait to talk with one another until they get on that zoom meeting with their boss. And whereas in an office environment, people are more likely to run into another, the cafeteria to work on collaborate things. And so to be very deliberate in nurturing that sideways, because that way, if some, if catastrophe strikes, whether it's a layoff or something else happens, it's not like everything you have to do at all. It's the team has deep trust in each other. They're collaborating and you've already got that muscle memory about how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's great advice. And, and, and you've shared uh, a lot of insights with, with us today. Uh, and here on status go, we are all about action. And I, and I love to leave our listeners with, a, a real specific call to action. So what are one or two things that our listeners can go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Yeah. So, the, well, the first one is more philosophical, but it's one that you can, if you really think about it, it will guide your whole day, which is be the leader you want your boss to be. Ah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times when people complain about their boss and they do, I'm like, well, then don't do that. <laughs> do something better. <laughs> right. And if, if every one of us asked that question, we would have a better world. So that's the first yeah. thing. 
And then I, I would say the other one is be really clear about your MITs, what is most important. Make sure that you not only know what they are for you, but that every member of the team understands their most important thing. And one of the ways we, very simple way we teach that if some is, you know, just with your one-on-one, ask your, ask your person in your one-on-one, what's the most important thing you accomplished last week in terms of results and relationships? What's the most important thing you're working on this week in terms of results and relationships? And what support do I need? And if, if you're having that conversation with everyone consistently, first of all, it's very likely they're working on things that you don't think are their most important thing, uh-huh. or they are spending too much time working on something that is a low priority and they're, they're doing it super, super well. I mean, David and I run this business together. We're married and we have to do this all the time because I'll say, Hey, I need data about this. And then I'm like, well, where's the data? And he's like, well, I've, I've got 18 pivot tables. And, the, and I'm like, no, 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 like ballpark. Are we plus yeah. minus 50 on this thing, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, I mean, I think a lot of times that's w- where you can save time is that sometimes people, it, good if good is good enough, then yeah. you don't need great for some things. Make sure your team knows that. Yeah. I, I love those two two actions. Be the leader you want your boss to be uh, uh, and... Uh, the MITs, the most important tasks, the most important things. Uh, so b- before we say goodbye, I want to make sure that our listeners know where to find you. Uh, and I, I know you've written, uh, what, four books yeah. now, I think. Uh, and you you guys do a podcast, or at least David does. I assume you have a hand in that as well. Uh, I love the name of the podcast, though, Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Uh, sometimes that's hard to do. I, I love that. So where can we find you and what's the best way to get in touch with yeah, you? Yeah. So let's grow leaders. Let's grow leaders.com is our website and you can uh, find David's podcast. He does that one. all. That's all him. Uh, Leadership okay. without losing your soul. And then on LinkedIn, I'm Karen with an I, K-A-R-I-N, Hurt, H-U-R-T. And uh, I run a show called Asking for a Friend on LinkedIn. Oh. So Um, We do have a number of books. Our latest is called Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. And we have a new book coming out next year um, called Powerful Phrases for Dealing with Conflict at Work. Ah, excellent. Maybe I can come back then. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So your your program, Asking for a Friend, is that a a blog, a LinkedIn Live? It's it's a vlog. Uh, It's video. And sometimes I interview other people. Sometimes it's just me. And so like I just did one from the Eiffel Tower. That was kind of fun. Oh, very fun. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) What a cool spot to do it. (laughs) Right before they started dumping the trash in front of it. Oh. The week before. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. Well, Karen, I I really want to thank you. Uh, You know, I reached out blindly. We didn't know each other. And I asked you to be on this show and you you jumped on it immediately. And I really appreciate that uh, as a host of of this program. Uh, Thank you for carving out time to to talk with our listeners today. I really appreciate it. I'm just so glad that you asked. And uh, it was a, a really fun conversation, something I'm really passionate about. So. Thank you. And, and that comes through. So thank you very much. For our listeners, if you want to learn more, uh, be sure and visit intervision.com. If you want to go directly to 
the, the podcast that's intervision.com slash status dash go. The show notes will provide links and contact information and we'll be sure and link to uh, Karen's website as well as to their books. This is Jeff Tun for Karen Hurt. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.